0: If you could look into the camera and speak to your colleagues, what would you tell them that, that hip hop needs? What does hip hop need to do? I think the braggadocio money, cash, hoes thing needs to be dedicated. I feel like that's holding us back as a culture, as black people. It doesn't, as, that doesn't advance us in any way, shape or form. We've been doing that same thing for years now. It's been like, what, four decades of the same old. Sorry for my language. And I feel like, you know, if you're gonna be an artist, there's a time where you just have to, you know, embrace the, the responsibility and understand that the power of music is something so special and be able to do it on this magnitude where you reach millions of people. It's like, why not use that for good? Why not tell kids something that they can connect with and use in their life? And like, really, my mission statement since day one. I'm getting so worked up talking about this. Okay. All I wanted to do was help kids not feel alone and stop kids from committing suicide. Because Thank you. And, and I, I'm, I'm never try to be political. I'm actually like shaking. I can't believe I'm saying this. Those two specific but, things. Yeah, yeah. Where does that come from? Well, I dealt with suicide. Um, the past five years, you know, like it wasn't a week or a day that didn't go by just like, you know, I want to check out. You know? And I know what that feels like. And I know it comes from loneliness. I know it comes from not having self-worth, not loving yourself. And these are things that, you know, kids don't have music that can coach them and give them that guidance. I didn't have that. What about the kids who, you know, you've never really had an artist who you connected with them all across the world. And I think that that's my job. I'm just really just trying to guide people and, and help people because, you know, loneliness is, is a terrible, terrible thing. If you don't know how to conquer it, you can eat you alive. How are you right now? I'm good.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the let Tackle That podcast. I'm Eric Lifshows, aka Trip Busy, and I'll be your host tonight. I want to thank everybody who tuned in on Tuesday for the pop up show. I decided to do a pop up show on Tuesday to see who will jump in the chat room and who will interact with us. CCB fan was saying, SLF, check it out. Hey, CB, what's going on, man? See you in here tonight. Again, I want to thank everybody for jumping in on that show unexpectedly and being able to interact with us. It was great to have you guys on. I want to thank. I want to thank you guys for the positive feedback, man. It means so much to me to get the little messages on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, emails, even emails. That all means a lot to me for sure. So with that being said, I would like to bring in my guest tonight. Uh, my guest tonight is a my very, 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 very first guest ever on the show. But since I relaunched, I would like for her to come back. And for the people that have never heard her before, I would like for her to introduce herself to them and get them a little bit familiar with her. Kia, Dean, Kia, tell people a little bit about yourself.
2: Hey, good evening, everyone. Thank you, Alec, again for having me. Um, so just a little background about myself. Um, I am currently a mental health professional. Um, I provide therapy and counseling services to the youth and, um, the underprivileged families of Chicago currently. Um, yeah. So that's just like a little bit about myself. Um, this is actually, like Alex said, this is my second time on the show. So, you know, I'm just, you know, welcome to everybody that's willing to listen.
1: Tequila checks in. She says she's present. Hey, guys. B-Lift Show says hello, Kia. Everybody's saying hello, and they're welcoming you back to the show. And, you know, again, I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to come have this conversation with us on the Let's Talk It Out podcast, because I know how how busy things get.
2: Yeah, sometimes, but, you know, this is, um, you know, this is a job that really never stops, you know, and anybody that's really willing to listen, you know, or they feel like they need help in some form or fashion if i know how to then i'm willing so thanks
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna go ahead and dive right into it as i'm so very very good at doing just jumping right into it um uh, we introduced you you again you are back you you know how things go on the show yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and ask you a little bit about what do you do as far as like i asked the guess what's their way of take like self-care like how do you Take care of yourself if you feel like something's going on with you mentally, or you're feeling like a little stressed out. Like, where are some things that you like to do personally, kid? Um,
2: music is a big release for me, um, and I listen to every genre of music, like from rap to heavy metal. You know what I mean? Um, it's just music can evoke so many different emotions, and especially like if you don't know how to express those emotions, sometimes other people can put those. Um, emotions into those words so I would say music um, art is another big thing for me Um, I draw so I find that to be very therapeutic if I can like create something you know that's something that I'm actually in control of in that moment so that's really good Um, and really I just you know I just spend time just doing like minuscule things that you know like I just enjoy um I might go to the store and buy some decor for my home you know to decorate randomly or um I might buy a puzzle randomly to sit down and do that you know I do those type of things just to like escape from reality in that moment but you know still utilize control over something you know so those are my favorite things to do
1: (laughs) I would have never guessed that you listen to metal
2: yeah, not much of it, but
1: um. So are we, okay, so so are, okay, so are we an AC/DC kind of girl or a Metallica? Uh, Metallica. Okay, just wanted to get yeah, that bad. out there. Oops. CB <laughs> <laughs> CB fan says, "Kid knocked it out the park last time, encore at bat." Oh, thanks,
2: thanks.
1: I told you, some people will remember. And again, like I said, I want to reiterate. I want to thank you for coming back on tonight. That's, I mean, taking time out of your day to come have this conversation. Not even, nobody is not nobody but most people aren't as open to come have this conversation with with me and with the guests and talking about the things that we talk about so another thing that you said i had a conversation with someone very recently about art and expressing yourself like there's nothing like creating with your hands you know as mm-hmm. you as you as being able to draw for me i can't draw for save my life like if you want me to draw a stick figure and some houses in the clouds i could do that but you know <laughs> I, I create with my hands in different ways you know I create like say like the podcast, so, you know. I create with different. I can't. Everybody has their own things that they're good at, but expressing yourself through art is is very 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 important for you. Say if you if you feeling like you just want to let something out, man, just go grab a piece of paper or you know music. Some people create music or even dancing is a form of art. You know, go take a class mm-hmm. go dancing. There's there's more than just paper and. You know, pencils and coloring books and all that. It's way well. More ways. Exactly,
2: cooking is a form of art. You know, so it's, it's so many different avenues that you can go with that. Most definitely.
1: Some people, some people can't cook, so they need to just go ahead and ignore that one. Um, <laughs> don't express yourself in the kitchen if you're not familiar with it. So, but I'm not here to, to, to attack anybody. You know, if someone that's can't honest. cook. That's that's perfectly fine. If you can't cook. You know, God bless you. That's why they got the internet, you know, YouTube. You can figure it out. <laughs> I just got called mean. Okay, I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest. I'm just helping people out. If you express yourself, cooking isn't your thing, then don't do it. So, <laughs> my mother says, bacon is therapeutic for me. And you know what's so funny? I need you to come up here and make some of those butter cookies because, you know, I ain't had none in a while. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to make that transition from from Nashville back up to Chicago to make that happen for
2: us. (laughs) And that's so funny because I can relate to the baking. Um, I don't bake a lot, but I do cook pretty often. And it'll even be times that I'm getting off of work and just cooking, you know, like while I have my TV show playing in the background. Yeah, that is therapeutic, (laughs) I would say.
1: So this is completely off subject, but since you brought it up. What's your favorite thing to bake? Like, what do you, if someone told you, okay, we need you to just bake something to win a prize, what would you make?
2: Ooh. I, it doesn't, uh, see, this doesn't count as a baked good necessarily, but, and can we just go with desserts? Does it have to be a baked item? It's not baked. I would say my banana pudding, though.
1: Banana pudding is a great choice, actually. Not a lot, not a lot of people are a fan of it. It's underrated. You know, banana, yeah. banana pudding is, and it's some, some one thing about it is that either is really good or it's really bad. There's no in between with someone's banana pudding. It's either gonna be really good or really bad.
2: Yeah, and I make my own custard. But anyway, let's <laughs> stay yeah. So we're going we're going we're
1: going to connect because I you know custard <laughs> um, is one of the things I'm really really passionate about. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm sorry. It just got me thinking about baked goods and stuff like that. So we had a conversation recently, um, and you, you told me about something in church, like your pastor approached you trying to give you an opportunity. Can you tell the chat room a little bit about that?
2: Yes. Um, I was presented with the opportunity to become my church's youth minister recently. Um, so that project, (laughs) thanks. So that project is currently in the works. Um, you know, I guess I'm being led by faith instead of sight because this is not <laughs> what I expected, you know, uh, for I guess this is like a, a pivot in my career path a little bit. But, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be um, a good thing that will be going on. I'll be servicing um the youth of the church but really anybody a part of the community is always welcome of course I'm looking to serve teenagers ages from 14 to 18 so that's approximately eighth grade freshman year until about their senior year freshman year of college
1: so essentially you're going to be around the clock even when you're not quote unquote working in mental health still you know helping people out with getting more well adjusted to life you know teaching these kids how to you know, a little bit more about religion, help making sure that they understand that there is a bigger bigger thing and works and in a creative way because sometimes it can be quite difficult to draw teenagers in, you know. Like some, mm-hmm. most of the time they're at that point where the only thing they're thinking about is girls, if they're guys, or if they're guys, if they're girls, they're only thinking about guys, that kind of thing, you know, music and or drama, you know, gossip, that kind of thing. High schoolers are a little bit harder. Kids are, like really younger kids are better because they're more like – intensive to what's being told to them you know that they're just still learning and they're still trying to um develop a little bit more but as teenagers you know how it is when (laughs) you work with them so you know how they are they're they're a little bit more i don't know strong-willed as per se Mm -hmm. so the fact that you're able to that your pastor came at you with this this um job opportunity quote unquote job you know very, I mean, it just speaks a lot about who you are as a person for him to have the faith to put you in a position to lead the youth at the church. That's incredible.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely see it as being a very big responsibility. Um, but, you know, again, I, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty well versed with that population. So, I, I, you know, again, I just have to have faith that I wasn't just put in this position for no reason and, you know, I just have to have faith in my capabilities, basically.
1: If you believe you can do it, you can do it. If you work hard on anything, you can make it happen.
2: There we go. And then ultimately, you know, working with them, I'm going to be learning with them. You know, this is my first time around doing it. Of course, I'm going to probably make some, you know, mistakes, but... Um, it'll be fun, I think. You know, we will all be kind of, like, learning together, going through this, so.
1: CB Fan says, great, Kia can bring the mental health issue to church. Outstanding. So,
2: <laughs> it's... And that's exactly it. I'm trying to bridge the two together for those who, you know, of course, um, have chosen that path of faith, so that's exactly what I'm trying to do because a lot of people separate the two and... I feel like they, they kind of tie into one another but yeah to stay on topic
1: And in all seriousness too though I mean it was something I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about like because you know I grew up I went to a few churches growing up and you know made them home and sat through services and stuff and one thing I've noticed is that sometimes mental health isn't talked about it isn't covered in churches you know I have I don't hear much about you know, people with depression or anxiety and stuff like that. But the fact that you, you are planning to bridge that and incorporate it with those teenagers, they won't have the same experience like, you know, I had I personally, like, growing up in a church and not learning anything about it or going to school and not learning anything about it. And until one day I'm just, I have an anxiety attack and I don't know it's what it's an anxiety attack. I think I'm dying, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I feel that way. So, yeah. That's, um, that's really incredible that you're gonna be able to try to bridge that gap.
2: Yeah. So,
1: um, just wanna read a couple more comments in the chat room. Uh, B. Lifshow says, it's a great avenue for behavior and emotional health. C. B. fan says, props to the pastor. This is a huge, honorable endeavor shaping the generation of tomorrow, Lifshow says. Dan Finlay said, Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or cannot, you're right. It's true. I mean, if you if you go into it knowing that you can do it, kid, which I I mean I believe you're able to do it obviously because, why else would they come at you and ask you to take on this this type of job this endeavor if you mm-hmm. weren't able to do it? So, and like I told you before, when you first said it to me, I was like, hey, if you need you know if you need somebody to come in as a backup, you know I'm 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 now I'm very 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 familiar with the word, as my mother can attest to that. And also, I'm pretty good at talking too. Just saying. yes,
2: as we as we can see, <laughs> <laughs> or or here rather.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, like I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like that's very, very, you know, relevant to this topic that you are able to spend your nine to five, your Monday through Friday, going to go help people out. And I'm not sure if you have a midweek service at church. But your Sunday, you know, still going to go help mm-hmm. people out. That's incredible. Um,
2: yeah, it'll be Sunday, but then I will probably be hosting uh, my ministry on Saturday afternoons. That's kind of what I'm looking to do. And it'll just be, you know, like for like two or three hours, you know, early on the Saturday afternoon. So I'm not taking up too much of their, their day. But, yeah, that's the plan. Hopefully within the next month, it will be up and running. So... so-
1: I want to ask you um, to your nine to five, back to your mind of five. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the youngest child that you've ever worked with? Like, I mean, I know you've worked with families. Yeah. So what's the youngest?
2: Um, Let me see. I believe uh, the youngest client I had was five. Five,
1: five years old. Five mm-hmm. years old, such a tender young age. So with well, a child at that age, you know, how are you per- like, from your professional standpoint, from Kia's standpoint, how are you able to identify like what this kid has going on with them? Like say if they have some type of mental um, condition or they're dealing with some kind of anxiety, like what gives that away for you?
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, initially they, before they um, are able to meet with me, they do undergo screenings prior um, to determine if there are any other um, DSM, which is the diagnostic um, mental health, Uh, manual. But anyway, um, they, they go through that screening and then they're assigned to me and I go based upon whatever their treatment plan was determined um, based upon those screenings. So behavior wise, when they're actually like, you know, meeting with me, I mean, a lot of the times, you know, you can just observe like if the diagnosis is ADHD and it's a true diagnosis of that disorder, um, I can just witness it, you know, in the midst of me talking to the, the child, um, the first five minutes they are, you know, bouncing from topic to topic, or they are having a hard time sitting in one spot, you know, things like that. That's pretty easy to observe with them. Or, you know, a lot of times they're able to verbalize it. I don't really have any, too many intellectually disabled people that I work with too much. It happens sometimes, but it's, it's kind of rare.
1: So the kids are able to let you know what's going on, but like you said, there's previously yeah. screening going on.
2: Yes, I was just
1: I was just trying to get a little bit of a gauge for what part of the process you are in with the with the children. Like, do you are you the one that does some of the screening, or you know, again, like you said, when they come by the time they come to you, you have a pretty good idea of what's going on.
2: Yeah, um, the only screening that I am responsible for doing at this time are crisis assessments. Um, in which case I can be able to um, basically determine if a child needs um, immediate hospitalization for a mental crisis. Um, An example of that would be like a suicide attempt, you know, those type of things. Um, But no, I am not responsible for the actual diagnostic testing, no. We have actual licensed uh, psychiatrists on staff for that.
1: Um. Wow, I just, I really, and I'm always so drawn back by the fact that, you know, kids at this young age, very young age, are making attempts on their life, you know, they, um, just like, and Lizzie came on last week and we talked and we were saying how this, she has an anti-bullying initiative that she launched called the No Bully Zone, and it's very, very important for these kids to understand that their words are cut deep, you know, that they, they, um, they're hurting these other children and making them feel like they're worthless. They feel like they go home, their parents are ignoring them. So they feel like that's their only escape from, from what's going on. And mm-hmm. that's, that's very sad that that's, you know, that gets to that point. Now, when you step in for the crisis, um, aversion, like, what do you, what do you say or do in that type of situation? where A kid has tried to make a temple in their life like that. Like, what do you do?
2: Um, well, first we have to meet with the the child or the family wherever the event has taken place. A lot of the times, um, you know, it is within the home, but then even sometimes it could be like at school, like if a child was caught cutting or with a razor on hand, you know, things like that. Even if the child isn't taking an, an immediate attempt, if there are other um, symptomatic behaviors around that situation, that can still qualify as a crisis event, so um, we go to the location, um, take a statement from both, like the client and like any witnesses, like to the event that was occurring, and then we just basically like um, can determine just based upon like the conversations and um, the demeanor of the client at that time. Like if they're, you know, obviously hysterical, then no, we're not just going to release them to go on about their day. We might want to take them in to the hospital in order to do a further evaluation. In which case, at the hospital, they can do a further determination on whether or not they're gonna, you know, decide to intake them or not. But that's, you know, it's pretty simple most of the time because uh, it's easy, It's typically easier for me as an outside individual coming into a crisis situation as help than the other people that have already been there because you know things have already escalated. So typically, by the time I arrive on the scene of a crisis event, then things are pretty much have like kind of de escalated, at least most of the time. I'm not going to say all the time, but um, yeah, but that's, um, that's not my main duty. You know, like I'm still doing like the therapy and the counseling. That's just like an additional hat that I wear. Um, so yeah, the majority of the time I'm not dealing with um, suicide attempts or, you know, my clients trying to harm other people. I'm, more so dealing with um depression or like i said like the hyperactive behavioral disorders oppositional disorders those type of things it's like that's my more so day-to-day basis
1: so the chat room has chimed in um courtney says what kid is doing is absolutely amazing um uh, cb fan says kid is bringing in the early innings because <laughs> there's more mm-hmm. baseball references uh, he says you're a godsend literally and uh, like again, you know the fact that you're able to go through this on a weekly basis, like as far as like, you know, counseling people and counseling these young children and and helping them and saving them, but also then turn around and going to church and be able to, you know, you're going to be ministering to the young adults and teaching them as well while trying to bridge that gap. That is truly amazing. So just to piggyback a little bit off what you were saying about the children, when when you when you're uh. You mainly work with children that are dealing with depression, and I'm pretty sure, like you said, you get a screening from uh, you know, you have people that do the screening first to let you know what's going on before they come to your office or before you mm-hmm. go see them, and uh, just walk me through a little bit, like, okay, so what's one of your first avenues to battle it when when a kid's that young, and they're dealing with it? Like, do you go straight to medication? Like, what what do you? What's your immediate thought on how to treat it?
2: Um, for children that young, they don't really, um, typically understand their emotions. So I try to start with, um, some psychoeducation and that's just basically teaching them what each one of their emotions are, uh, what they'll feel like to them. Um, for example, um, for happiness, um, I might have like a a little coloring sheet with like an outline of the body and I'll have the child, circle the part of the body that they feel happy you know and then they'll circle the mouth you know things like that so they could become familiar with how their body can respond to the different emotions Um, and then typically after that I can ask them like you know what makes you feel happy and they can label some things there what makes you feel sad and you know those type of things so it really just starts with teaching them what their feelings are and why and how they feel them
1: that's um. That's that's a pretty pretty good technique, you know, having them color where where they feel happy at. So again, I have more 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 feedback from the chat room. Oh, B Live Show says, um, the higher number of teen suicide has gathered national attention now. Good morning, America. Just covered a segment today, attributing a lot of the attempts to loneliness caused by social media age. This generation has no real connection or community connection, a disconnect dilemma. Yes, um, I, I, we have talked about it before. I've talked about it before with social media. Even people at my age, there's a there's a feeling of of not being fulfilled because you see someone that has something that you wish you had, and yeah. and it's it's not possible for you to get it right now. So you, you begin to shut down a little bit on the inside, and you feel disconnect. But you know, a good example I could have for that is say someone who's a uh married and with kids and they um you know they're going to work and taking care of their family and stuff like that you know they see someone who's posting pictures and them going on vacation all the time and they're single you know they kind of get a little envious of that because they see that this person is really enjoying that and the person that's always going on vacation and single they turn around and see pictures of this guy posting his family and they get a little jealous of that like you know i wish i was, you know i wish i was married it's, it's a never-ending cycle of people being jealous or not feeling fulfilled with their life because of things they see on social media
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a constant um comparison and that's actually something i'm seeing a lot of with especially my youth between the ages of i would say 12 and 17 there's a lot with um the social media references um and that's—I was just going to say—aside um, from teaching people about their emotions firsthand, before I jump into like how like to treat the depression and those type of things, I have them build up their self-esteem first. That's like the first thing before anything, you know. Um, you really can't feel good about the things around you if you don't feel good within first. So I try to redirect their energy inward again, so that they can remind themselves about, um, who they kind of like used to be, you know, um, uh, before they were even exposed to social media, before they knew anything about, I don't know, a Tesla, you know, those type of things. Um, I try to keep them grounded first. I think that's really important. And I've seen a pretty good turn about when I, um, do, f- you know, again, focus the attention instead of like on everybody else and what everybody else wants them to be like, what do you want to be? forget about what everybody else says you know what? what is it that you want out of life if you want that Tesla why do you want it and how do we get it you know I just I keep it real with them <laughs> you know what I mean I think that's a big part of it
1: well kids and, and young adults age you can definitely tell when you're not being genuine with them so that's a, you know it's pretty 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 obvious that you have to make sure that you keep it as real as possible with them they know when people are feeding them feel you know fluff So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: the whole Tesla thing, man, I don't, you know, (laughs) those cars are, no, I'm kidding. But anyway. Yeah.
2: um, I'm like, that was just an example. I I know.
1: I'm I'm kidding. Um, But yeah, as 12 year olds are, are getting, I don't know, like it's weird that the young generation like that is getting on social media heavy like that to the point where it's making them feel depressed like that. You know, I, I didn't know 12 year olds were really on there in such a way.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I honestly feel like the line between childhood and adulthood has become blurred out. Um, A lot of the youth feel like they're entitled to do as adults do. And with that, you're seeing a lot of adult-like activity from the youth. They feel entitled to a lot of things now. Um, And that came with You know, being entitled, you know, you get these phones at the age of three or these tablets and things. You have pretty much free range to do what you want. You know, this is a new generation of people. Um, And people like to say, like, oh, it'll be fine. Everybody's smarter now because of tablets. I mean, that's your own opinion. But this is the first generation of people. We don't really know what the long-term effect of all of this is. And I think that, you know, just this social media prevalence or the relevancy of social media is due to you know children being entitled to too much too soon
1: back back in my day we used to be able to tell where our friends were by looking at where all the bikes were outside on the ground at yeah
2: that,
1: that's how we used to be able to tell now these kids could just log on to facebook and hit each other up you know, yeah we, yep. my my favorite is when we used to have to call like, say, if I was trying to call your house and we was, like, in high school or something or, like, eighth grade and i want to talk to you, I had to call at a certain time to make sure your parents don't pick up and you pick up mm-hmm. the phone. So I ain't got to be like, hey, can I talk to Kia? You know, <laughs> <laughs> kids, don't, kids don't have to deal with that no more.
2: No. So, it's easy access, text messaging, on all of the Snapchat. You know, you man. open the message, the message is gone. You know, parents really can't keep up with what their children are doing anymore. So, Yeah. That's so, what's going
1: on. So Brittany from the chat room, she has a question for you. She said, Kid, is there any tips on ways to build self esteem?
2: Um, sure. This is my favorite activity to do. Um every day, like at the end of your day, just start jotting down a few things from the day that you feel like you did well. Um, it doesn't have to be anything significant at all. Like, you know, you didn't have to go out and try to become the next president you know you could have just if you told yourself that you were going to go to the gym after work and you actually went even if you only stayed for 20 minutes you still went you know like congratulate yourself on that or if you got stuck in traffic and you didn't start cursing everybody out congratulate yourself on that as well you know um just really become your own cheerleader and I think that that you know, you start finding out that you're a pretty, a pretty dope person when you start doing stuff like that.
1: So that's exactly, I mean, Justin said the same thing. How he pulls himself out of a funk is he likes to like take account for the little accomplishments you make throughout the day. Like you woke up and you you made your bed up. You know, that's an accomplishment. Not everybody make their bed up, believe it or not. You know, mm-hmm. you made you made it to work on time. Um, you know, you didn't freak out. First of all, I feel kind of triggered because like sometimes when I'm in traffic. And um, it's bad. I do get a little flustered. And um, I say some things that you wouldn't want to say in front of your grandma. And uh, I'm a work in progress. I'm not a complete person at all. It's just I'm I'm able to take accountability for my actions and my words I say when I'm upset because I'm sitting in traffic. (laughs) So... I understand not everybody, you know, everybody is different. Everybody has their things that trigger them, and traffic is one of the top five things, especially when there's a five lane expressway. There's no reason for there to be traffic.
2: I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly.
1: Uh, but anyway, uh, Brittany says social media creates a lot of unrealistic expectations of life. Shaking my head. CB fan says I know parents who babysit their children with tablets and smartphones. Gee, that sounds like great parenting. Uh, be I-, l- I can't
2: have coloring books. <laughs>
1: Right, you you got You gotta take them back to the basics. They gotta have the coloring book, and they gotta they gotta only have the eight crayons. You can't give them the big one until they mm-hmm. earn that. You can't you can't give them the sixty four pack of crayons. You gotta make sure they have eight. That's it. They gotta learn how like how we did.
2: Exactly, back to the basics.
1: The the sixty four with the with the with the the crayon sharpener on the back of it. They can't have that yet. They gotta start off with the eight. That's important to the build, the build character. <laughs> So, B-Lift Show says, setting healthy boundaries creates safe havens.
2: For sure it does. Most definitely.
1: Uh, CB fan says, you see it in restaurants and schools, young people addicted to social media, and seeing a lot of drivers texting, posting, tweeting. So, one thing I like to do, like, uh, granted, I, I don't really sit down with my family like that because we all, we all have lives and live in different parts of the United States and stuff like that. So, we don't all get to sit down and have dinner together. But if I am having dinner, I like to... Put my phone down and Not touch it While I'm eating with someone
2: You mm-hmm. know
1: A lot of times People have a hard time Doing it But you gotta People are so attached to them That it's so hard For them to detach from it And, and actually enjoy life And pay attention To what's going on with them What's going on in reality You know they, they feel like They have to look at What's going on Look at this news Look at this update But Back in the day We used to be able to sit And have dinner together You mm-hmm. know Sit and have dinner as a, as a family Or you know I mean God forbid you going out on a date With somebody now and they don't put the damn phone down um, not,
2: that's an insult
1: it's not coming you know it's not going down it's not they own it the whole time
2: yeah so, no we won't go on another date how about that
1: yeah <laughs> um, uh, you know you're trying to watch something with somebody they're on their phone and like next thing you know they ask you what's going on
2: mm-hmm. so yeah it's too it's way too time consuming um and almost brainwashing to be totally honest um yeah, a lot of people and myself included, you know, have been guilty of comparing comparing my life, and my lifestyle to those that I've seen on social media. And it was in which I just had to take a break away from it. It's like, you know, like, whoa, why am I consuming so much of my time with other people's lives? And then the thing is, nobody's posting their struggles. Nobody's posting, I'm not gonna say nobody, very few people are posting their struggles and their tears and everything like, and they do post them. It comes in that post like, Oh, look what I just got. Look what I just accomplished. You know, everybody posts the highlights of their lives typically on the majority of social media. So it's, it's not even reality, you know, like you, you get to see that snippet, but you don't get to see all the work that might've gone into those accomplishments. So it does it, it hinders progress in certain aspects.
1: So, yeah, I kind of, I I said something about this. Ironically, I I talked about that two nights ago when I said uh, about what people be posting on social media. You know, you got the, there's there's never really a balance. Like I tell people, like, if you have someone who's always being negative, you know, remove them from, from your proximity. Especially like people, like, you don't have to see people always being negative all the time. Especially if you have phones, you can remove them from, your visibility is simple.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I want to switch up a little bit. You know, we talked about social media a little bit. I want to ask you because I mean, obviously Kia, you're very passionate about helping people out. You know, you're very passionate about it. And I just wanted to ask you like, where's this passion come from? Like, why are you so passionate about helping others? Not everybody out there is so willing to do the things that you're willing to do the time that you're spending helping others.
2: Yeah. Um, Hmm. It's a very good question. Um, uh, outside of it just being what I feel it being, you know, God sent, um, just growing up. I was really just like that. I was really a nice girl growing up. You know, I really didn't like the main girls. I, I really didn't fit in with them. Um, uh, I wasn't really popular. I just got along with everybody, but, um, and, it, you know, even at a young age, that kind of got me picked on a little bit because people thought that I was too nice. Um, and I just didn't get enjoyment out of being mean to other people. You know what I mean? I just I always liked helping other people. Um, I used to be a Girl Scout growing up. We used to do a lot of community service events then. And I found like, OK, when we used to go um, like the, to the food depositories and everything like that. I used to like, you know, packing up the boxes, just knowing that they were going to feed people, or um, volunteering to hand out, what were they, um, little bingo cards at the nursing home that my great grandmother used to live at. You know, things that like that that I used to do, I just found like enjoyment in, um, and going further as it with my career. It just it was something that came easy to me. I was always kind of like the mom in my group of friends, you know, the pretty level headed one, the one that people always came to if they had a problem because I was unbiased. It just came naturally for me and it made sense. So here I am.
1: Somebody said you were uh, you were Jesus like because you're willing to give service to others before yourself in the chat room.
2: Yeah, because it's, it's not it's not about me. That's the thing. Um, if, you, if you've seen the movie Ants before, then you're going to be familiar with the concept that I'm going to go into. It's more like, you know, like, okay, we could just say Ants in general. They're working for, like, a common purpose, right? And that's to keep their economy thriving. To break that's into to your speak. house and steal the crumbs? Oh, never mind. well, well come on. Not your house. I'm saying, like, their economy. You know, like, they're all working for each other. You know, nobody is serving purposeless, right? Humans are actually like the only people that are like, you know, living for ourselves, to be totally honest with you. So I just look at it as that concept with the ants. You know, I'm not here to just, it doesn't just stop with me. You know, if I died right now, life is going to continue on for the rest of you, you know, and hopefully the work that I put in to will affect you know that's gonna keep going, and that's what I look at. It doesn't just stop with me, so I'm gonna, you know, reach out whenever I can.
1: Well, thank God that you're not gonna die right now. Because, well, no, because I'd be pretty awkward. <laughs> Lord
2: forbid. Lord forbid.
1: I'd be like, "Yeah, are you still there?" No. Well, hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a great episode tonight. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you have feedback from chat room. Uh, EJ4312 says they see the glory b- but don't know the story in regards to social media. So, CB fan has a question for you. He said, Can Kia talk about her bullying experiences? Like, were you ever bullied growing up?
2: Um, yeah, it's a little bit. I'm not going to say, you know, like I was picked on. Even, yeah, I was bullied. You know what I mean? It, it just didn't get to the point of severity where it gets for some people. Um, but, yeah, I was picked on a lot for being skinny. That was a big thing. Boys and girls would both pick on me. Even to this day, I still have adults make a comment about how small I am. Um, now I don't really care. But, you know, growing up, that that did kind of hurt a little bit. So, yeah, that um, I had really light, weird, sandy hair. Growing up, so that was another thing that people used to pick at and I wore glasses. Um I've been this height that I am now since about fourth or fifth grade. And at that time it was pretty tall. I'm five foot three, but a five foot three fourth grader, that's pretty awkward.
1: Hold on, man. So, Hold on, wait a second. <laughs> you were five foot three in fourth grade?
2: Yeah, I had a major growth spurt. Like holy that's what I mean. Like I was just awkward at that time, and now I'm short, you know. But I've been this height for that long, so.
1: So they, yeah. pick, they they picked on you for being quote unquote skinny, but people are going out of their way to get surgeries to become skinny.
2: Exactly right.
1: This, this world just doesn't even make sense, man. I just yeah. I try to understand it sometimes, but I just really most of the time I just I just drift in and out.
2: Yeah, um, that and then once I kind of got a hold on myself and I kind of like, you know, learned what kind of looked good on me and things like that in high school. Basically I grew into my looks. Um, I started getting a lot of hatred from girls at that point. And I guess that came from the attention that I got from the boys. Um, Yeah. And that, that lasted up until like my freshman year of college. I actually almost got jumped in college because of a situation that was just due to pure jealousy. So
1: you almost got jumped in college. Yeah, I'm am I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to grasp. So people that pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go away to school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, we're going to throw all that away just to jump five foot three Kia.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like I I'm not a fighter at all. I have never been in a fight in my entire life. So that was like. Culture shock, you know. I'm like, I get along with everybody typically, but
1: yeah, you're all right sometimes, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I'm just, yeah, I mean, I've dealt with the kind of same thing. I wouldn't say I was quote unquote bullied, but a lot of guys didn't like me because I don't know, maybe because I was for lack of a better term, good looking guy, and had a guy that really wanted to fight me one time because actually it happened a few times and guys want to fight me because their girlfriends were attracted to me. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's hard sometimes, I guess being pretty, no, I'm kidding.
2: Um, No, but like I said, like the, you know, like (laughs) being taunted about my weight, that, that was really like something that was hard for me to get past, like throughout the years. Like I will never forget. I think I was in, yeah, sixth grade Mm -hmm. in my English class. Um, there was a boy and he told me that I needed some more meat back there and that stuck with me probably for like, it's still sticking with me now. Well, not now at this moment. Like I don't hold on to it in the same manner that I used to, but yeah, that probably stuck with me for like a few years. Um, and I remember like in seventh and eighth grade, I was wearing shorts under my jeans to make it look like I weighed more than what I did. Yeah. It's just crazy how those things can like just stick with you. You know, they just don't leave. That was one of those things. So it made me self conscious about that.
1: Well, I'm glad that you were able to get to a point where, you know, that was a good a good question from CB Fan, but you were able to get into a point where, like you said, you grew into your looks and you understood, you know, about yourself. You're like, okay, this is who I am. And this, you know, this is who I'm going to be. And more power to you. you know, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people never grow into them. They never understand that. They decide to go get surgeries and change their faces around and change mm-hmm. their whole body around, spend thousands to $1,000 to become who they aren't. That's not who you are when you get all those surgeries. You're creating someone else when you do that. you know Exactly. I mean, you as a youth pastor, you know we're all beautifully and wonderfully made. That's who we are. That's who we're supposed to be. Um, there were no mistakes when we were created.
2: Nope, not one. So...
1: And a lot of people, a lot of people again, they're so they're so and social media has a lot to do with it, too. Like, right? they see these pictures of what other people think are attractive, so they want to mold themselves into being that.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: that's again, I, I, that's more kudos to you for being able to accept who you are. And XOXO XO Vibe says, own that girl. I'm talking about your looks, yeah. <laughs> Be be who, be who you are. That's that's all you can be. So I wanted to ask you uh, if there's anything else you would like to share with the chat room, any closing remarks, anything else that's on your mind?
2: Um, that's pretty difficult. No, but I'm welcoming like any questions that, you know, somebody might have about like a specific thing that they might be struggling with. If I could help them with that, I'm, you know, more than willing to take a few questions about it.
1: I'm struggling with the sitting in traffic
2: thing. Can you help me out? Okay. Um, Well, (laughs) there's several things you can do. Is there like a different time you could leave? Are there different streets you could take?
1: Uh, probably not. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and say um, there's not much I can do when when I'm in it. You know, sometimes you know how it is around the four o'clock hour. You know, you finish Mm -hmm. up at work and. Boom, stuck. Yeah. Bumper to bumper.
2: So you. Right? I didn't hear it. What did you say? I said, so you would say that you expect it, right?
1: Yeah, you expect it, but still, it's like sometimes you sit there and you're like, oh, man, I can be doing so many. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm one of those people that have to stay busy. I have to stay active personally. So when I'm sitting there not doing nothing, I'm thinking about what I can be doing. You know, mm-hmm. like, man, I could be at home putting this together, or I could be doing this, or I could be on my way here to get this done. And you're just sitting there, and you're just like, ah, oh, man, I'm just wasting time. That's just yeah. how I am. Not everybody's like that,
2: but me yeah, personally, that's how I Yeah, you could look at it that way, or you could look at it like, you know, there could be something up ahead that I'm not supposed to experience right now. Let me just chill. Yeah,
1: being at home. I'm not supposed to experience <laughs> being at home, <laughs> I'm sitting in this traffic.
2: But... <laughs> This is called thought challenging. You have to challenge those negative thoughts (laughs) and replace them with something positive. So, like I said, um, this is a perfect example of this. I'm going to give you an example, okay? I was actually running late for a client one day, and I'm getting off the expressway at 87th in the Dan Ryan, trying to get through all of that traffic at, like, 1030 in the morning and so many, like, semi-trucks and cement trucks and everything, I kept getting caught by every single light ahead. And then this one cement truck, I would switch lanes, he ended up switching lanes right with me. Like everywhere I tried to get around him, he just kept blocking me. Um maybe like 10 minutes into driving behind him, I'm approaching my turn and they have the whole street blocked off, police tape, everything. You know, I'm inner city, shootings and things of that nature occur. Yeah, I just had missed a shooting within that intersection in which two people were shot. Well thank god thank god
1: that you did. So man.
2: So that's what I mean, you know? It's like even though I was stuck in all that traffic, getting caught by all those lights, that cement truck that wouldn't get out of my way, obvious you know what I mean? Like I was being blocked from something else occurring. So that's the kind of way like I like to look at traffic now. I was like, okay, well I'm not supposed to be where I want to be right now. That's the only way I get through it.
1: That's that's a very very important and good way to look at it. Maybe I'll use that tomorrow when I'm sitting in traffic. I'm gonna be like, you know what, kids, right? Maybe I'm not supposed to be at home right now.
2: I'm mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> CB fan says, Trey busy, very busy. Yes, I am, man. I'm I'm very very busy guy. I try to keep as active as possible. So B Live Show says, it's important to have healthy self identity. And accept the whole entire you, good, bad, and unsightly. This is who God made you to be, and he doesn't make mistakes. You are you on purpose. 100%. That's exactly mm-hmm. why I said what I said. You know, again, we are who we are. A lot of people have a hard time grasping that concept, but hopefully they get it one day, maybe. If, if it things if things work out for them before they go spend $12,000 on body-altering surgeries. <laughs> You know, that's, that's I don't know. But anyway, uh, we're going to begin to close the show up tonight. Uh, EJ4312 says, peace is the result of retraining your mind to process life as is. Rather than you think of what it should be, Dr. Wayne Dyer. CB Fan says, I get nervous when I'm speeding and there's a bunch of speed traps. Even today I slowed down waiting to see if the officer came after me. Yeah, I know how that feels when you drive past an officer doing about 95 and you think they're going to pull up on you. That's just bad at that point, man. You'd be like, damn, I'm about to get a ticket. Ain't nothing I can do about it. (laughs) So, again, I want to thank you, Kia, for taking time out of your busy life. Very, very busy life to come sit down and have a conversation with me on Let's Talk It Out. A lot of the chat room people really appreciate it. They say you did an excellent job. They're really praising you for the work you put in in the community and also at church, you know, with mental health and with religion at the same time. That's incredible that you're able to do both those things.
2: Well, thank you. Thanks, Alec, for having me again and everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. um The church I do attend is St. James Community, it's on 8,000 South Michigan Avenue. Um, service is at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Feel free, come on, come on. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me again, Alex.
1: Brady said, "Kia did an amazing job. Keep on with your journey." And Courtney says, "Thank you so much, Kia." B. Lusho says, "Thank you, Kia." Everybody's saying you did a great job, man. Nobody ever, nobody ever tells me I did a good job, but that's okay. We don't have to talk <laughs> about me. Um, this all about Kia. Kia did. it You really did come on. You really did bring it tonight, and I thank you. So again, I want to thank everybody for coming out and listening tonight. Um, make sure that you guys are stay safe and don't don't freak out in traffic as kia's told me she said just sit there and wait don't don't try to do too much see my sister's only one says good job thank you thank you anna for being the only person that cares about me and my feelings no i'm kidding (laughs) no mom don't tell me no don't tell me i did everybody talking about you did a great job no it's too late guys don't don't backtrack now say what you said with some conviction no i'm kidding (laughs) um Again, I'm gonna close out tonight. But I, like I said, I look forward to talking to you guys next Thursday at 8 p.m. Uh, make sure you're there. Uh, the podcast version of the show will be available shortly. If you want to send it out to other people, or if you're subscribed to the network. So again, thank you, everyone. Have a good evening.